0: Hi everybody and welcome to another exciting edition, a comics-loving edition, pop culture-centered edition of Words, Images and Worlds. I am delighted on this episode to be talking with comics creator and academic, is this
1: true? That's right.
0: Yeah, uh, Kong Prisulis. So Con, thank you for jumping on, talking with me. Is it Dr. Prisoulis, is that right?
1: No, not yet. Uh, no? It will be soon, probably mid-next year. nice nice so Um, it is a
0: busy time in your life I imagine
1: it's pretty busy yeah so I'm a senior lecturer um in commercial art and illustration at TESA University that's my academic uh, uh status uh it's been so for the past kind of five years so I've been teaching illustration and comics and graphic novels at TESA University in the UK um and uh yeah, I'm undergoing my PhD, which is based on my graphic biographies. Really, uh, it's a commentary on my graphic biography. So that's the, the that, that work is really the bulk of the PhD, and I'm commenting on it.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Are you? Um, if you don't mind me asking, are you doing a traditional, um, sort of thesis or dissertation, or is it going to be sort of a visual form?
1: So no, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be traditional, but in a in a in a in an even in an kind of unconventional way because oh, um, because my work itself, the four works, Dryland, Tales of the Smiths, Rebel, Rebel, and King, um, which are visual, um, consists of uh, the, 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 basically the PhD consists of that work and I'm commenting mm-hmm. on it. So the, my written work is basically um, uh, an in-depth commentary of about 30,000, 40,000 words on mm-hmm. uh, on my influences um on on my references uh a literature review i've undergone regarding um similar works or works that have underpinned my research and so on so uh to blend of both i suppose if you consider my work as being the visual um uh component mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah i love that love that and um so you oh, are
1: oh sorry to interrupt that's called the no, phd no, completed works so it's a fairly new thing so if, if a if a um a comic creator graphic novelist or anyone in the arts has a uh, um work behind them that is consistent or has a theme to it um, that they've been working on for quite a long time they can submit that as a phd proposal and then comment upon it and that's called a phd by completed works love that i love that i was not aware you of that have an academic background like a ba and a master's before that mm-hmm. or, or have you'd have to undergo some kind of research or present some papers before that so you'd have to have some background not just you know you can't just be a comics writer and just come in and go here here we go i've done like a hundred Issues of Amazing Spider-Man, which is worth a PhD in itself. But yeah.
0: True, true.
1: The webbing alone. <laughs> <laughs> the webbing alone. I'd, yeah. give, I'd, give, I'd give John Romita Jr. 10 PhDs.
0: I, I would as well. I would absolutely do that. <laughs> yeah, you've written about Kirby, uh, illustrated about Kirby, uh, and also really fascinated by your work that focuses on music. I see the evidence of a guitar over your shoulder. Um, so oh, yeah. Yeah, um so you okay. have The Smiths, Tell Tales of the Smiths, you have Rebel Rebel. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Um so love so that Nexus. Uh,
1: yeah, um even though both um so even though so Tales of this has been published, it's a fairly big big one. Mm-hmm. Um uh, this originated as a, a webcomic which I did from two thousand and twelve daily uh for three years uh, until twenty fourteen. So I was lucky to have a um uh a sponsor for that in um it was a Greek chocolate company called um, Eon, which is kind of like Cadbury. I don't know if you know Cadbury in the States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so it's kind of like the Cadbury of um of Greece. And they were searching for um comics creators to do whatever to bring in an audience, you know, to or consumers to check out their chocolates. And I proposed the Smiths book to them and that blew up with the Smiths audience. So they kept on sponsoring me for about f- for three years until I finished it. So it was okay. a daily webcomic. Um, and uh, yeah, that focuses on um, on um, Morrissey and Johnny Mars' teenage years. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of a coming of age story, but not just, it, it's mostly a socio-political commentary on Manchester 2 in the 70s and what kind of... Um, um, Influenced their ideas, and, um, and you know, and 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 especially Morris's lyrics in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, likewise, Rebel Rebel uh, is a um, it's the longest work I've engaged with. I've engaged with kind of works for like ten years, but this fictional ones, but this one's taking me ages. I don't know when I'm going to complete it, but it's uh, it's looking like it's going to be kind of like the definitive kind of graphic photography of David Bowie. In I the like sense that, that uh, I've been working on it since 2015. Wow. Um, yeah, um, as a weekly webcomic. It was bi weekly at some point, like twice a week, I mean, by week, by bi weekly. And uh, since 2018, it's been weekly. But um, yeah, I've, I'm currently on something like episode 380. Oh, and um, that's produced through Patreon now. It used to be online for free. But now I've got a Patreon backing because I don't have a sponsor, and that, and basically my readers are the sponsors. And every now and then, which is well, basically about three times a year, I produce a I self-publish a collection of um, the episodes, the webcomic episodes, and send them to my backers. But yeah, that's that is um, obsessively um, detailed to you know to the point where <laughs> I'm starting to lose my sanity in terms of when this you know or, or I'm I'm starting to you know lose sense of when this is gonna ever finish because I'm <laughs> currently up to 380. I'm about seven years in. I've been working on it, for, I mean, for seven years, uh-huh. and uh, I'm currently still in 1967 of his life. So it's um just jumped on to 1968. So um yeah, it's great to discover all these kind of details and stuff about his life and to uh, uh, present them to my uh, uh, readers and uh, Bowie kind of fanatics um and but yeah it's 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 quite a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds very yeah. phd worthy very yes. phd worthy yeah, lots yeah, of was... research and lots of detail
1: yeah indeed yeah. indeed i mean yeah i mean the majority of the time spent researching and then um the the draw then the drawing comes in yeah, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know if I've mentioned this. Of uh, um, both tales of the Smiths and Rebel Rebel and and Kirby, I suppose, and the Kirby book, uh, King, are, are mostly um, quote based. So, um, which is my kind of um, method of uh, you know ensuring um, verisimilitude, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to the text. So uh, I spend a lot of time. Uh, researching um, old magazines, trying to find quotes which will fit in with my narrative and vice versa. Uh, First, the narrative and then try to seek quotes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I love that you present it both with that text as far as written text, um, prose, and then that you also bring the visual, um, creates that extra layer, that additional layer of exploring.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I try to make it clear to the readers that which bits are the written are uh, the quoted uh, bits um both through the references down below so there are you know um uh, the 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 the, the sources being referenced in, on the page itself wow. but also the when um Bowie let's say is uh, is is being quoted his um uh, the font that i'm using is a uh, an american typewriter type font um kind of um, going parking back to kind of, journalism and seeking authenticity through that um bit of visual information
0: love it, love it. um so you're currently in greece is that yes. right what- yeah i'm
1: in greece on vacation yeah
0: uh i was going to ask what the comic scene is like in greece oh
1: i was a bit, i was a big part of it at some point in the uh for almost a decade um i suppose in the noughties um mm-hmm. it's it's doing okay but yeah. much like, um, and it's grown quite a bit. I mean, when when I, because I grew up in in Australia, that's where my roots are, kind of in in terms of my um, uh, my original comic scene. And I self, I started self publishing in the '90s there, and then I came to Athens, uh, late '90s, um, early noughties. and um, there was really no scene at all. It was just individuals doing the pieces like self-publishing a bit and there was one magazine called Babel who everyone wanted to get into kind of like the uh he- the metal hurland of of Greece and it was it was actually um uh, republishing a lot of um raw um stories from raw and middle herland. um and and it also featured some Greek artists there but there was nothing really and that's where I spent a lot of my time where I said I spent a pro- uh, like 10 years of my life. On a single project and that was a, a personal anthology which kind of made me in Greece in certain ways I suppose not, nice. not 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 in a monetary way but yeah it helped uh make my name there yeah and at the end of the decade with the financial crisis I kind of um I left is it was impossible to find work that, that you get paid for in Greece although the scene was growing mm-hmm. there was uh, there were anthologies popping up here and there that were paying and things were good doing great then the infamous greek financial crisis kicked in and it was <laughs> it was quite, quite, really really harsh yeah it was harsh all over but it was especially harsh in greece but there is a scene here there are conventions that are they're doing quite well um a lot of people are self-publishing there are courses on comics so Love yeah it. it's, it's, it's nice to see that things are doing well yeah, yeah
0: well, awesome. uh, <laughs> i'm always curious because i know you know the the approach toward comics in the united states is um it varies so some folks look at them and say this is art some folks look at it and say oh this is for kids and so there's still that pushback and i i kind of live in that on the educator side but i was just curious uh-huh. about uh, kind of the perspective yeah. uh in other places as well
1: yeah i mean there's a tradition in terms of um uh, republished uh band Destiny stuff like um you know 1010 asterisks and all that or oh, the general public is totally aware of that stuff because they have read it since they were kids mm-hmm. um but um in terms of kind of more mature material uh it's still you know still kind of here and there but the, the people that are really into comics the good thing about it is that there's a, a tradition of uh republished material from you know italy and france and spain so they're kind of more it's a more of a, a worldly knowledge of comics rather than you know, uh, just a, a US-based one. And it's probably because they're not an English-speaking kind of country. Um, but they're totally aware of, you know, the, the alternative um, or whatever we want to call it, um, mature American scene as well. Nice, nice.
0: Uh, was yeah. it the Bambi Sine that connected you with comics initially?
1: No, I was, I, was, I was brought up in Australia, so I'm totally a superhero kid.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But I gathered that with clans. Being uh, sort of the the superheroed uh, mutant uh, sort of approach with yeah. Clans, and so I thought that was yeah, it's, it's probably
1: the case. Yeah, so Clans, my first review ever in 1996. Uh, the first thing they wrote on the top of the the the, um, the title of the review was "Yikes," which is yet another image comics uh, superhero superhero comics and all that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't that much into the image stuff. I was really, really into my Marvel stuff when I was really young. But yeah. um, I grew up on reprints. So I grew up a lot on reprints. I like, um, um, you know, there's Marvel reprints that were coming out in the uh, 80s. Um, like the, the original um, Amazing Spider-Man stuff. Like Marvel Tales, that's it. That's the one I'm looking for. Um, so all that stuff. So I, strange enough, even though I grew up in the 80s, I, I grew up on a lot of Kirby and uh, Disco stuff and all don heck avengers all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, and in greece when i came to greece in the 80s for a couple of years everything here was still sick in the 60s it was still stuck in the 60s and 70s uh you know like um stuff like you know neil adams x-men and stuff like stuff that will blow your mind um so i got a late a late education in it in terms of the material that i was digest digesting you know by the time kind of like McFarlane and all those people were out in the in the mainstream scene. I was we were still reading sixties and seventies stuff, but that wasn't bad. It was bad yeah. at the time, because you were a bit behind the stuff that that you'd see, you know, at a comic book store. But it was a it was a great education at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a the nineties were such an interesting time in comics. Um, yeah, definitely. yeah, and I I kind of also I, I was trying to kind of read in based on clans, and I thought. There's some Marvel, some Marvel tracing there and inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I, I, sure. I appreciate what you bring I to sure. it.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I, did, I, I mean, I was really, really into kind of that uh, Humberto Ramos, uh, Joe Madureira stuff, mm. that, that, that Ameri manga thing that popped up at some point. Um, that's that's kind of evident with the clan stuff. But then what happened was uh, I started working at a comic book store in uh, Melbourne uh, uh, in a place called Winter, called uh, Alternate Worlds. And um, uh, so I was working there for a while, and uh, the staff there were really, really uh, scoffing at kind of anything that was mainstream. And uh, so they'd have like a recommended, uh, uh, like a bookshelf with recommended stuff, and it'd be stuff. What you know, what was the really cool mature stuff at the time was, uh, you know, the end run of Sandman mm-hmm. or Terry, Terry Moore's uh, *Strangers in Paradise*. Um, you know, stuff like that and um, uh, Klaus, you know, Dan Klaus and all that stuff Um, April, and uh, yeah, so I got got really into that, and then at some point, you know, I had this um, um, epiphany that she's, you know, I have to leave this stuff behind and start going down another route I just lost interest in it, and you know, American cinema at the same time, or cinema worldwide was going through this other phase you know through tarantino and um, all these great directors um that i was starting to um, access you know
0: yeah yeah I, I like that connection between comics and film too that's a big part of yeah uh, i think what's connected me
1: yeah and you know a, a, a great deal of my um actually my commentary my thesis let's say is about the intermediality of comics um in the sense that you know it's a combination of kind of two at least two medial forms, which is you know, text and image, but mm-hmm. it's also all these cinematic uh uh angles that we use and uh, cinematic language um that we we're trying to transpose onto the page, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely I definitely believe that the yeah, that's the connection there. Cause i I mean I've just taken over the um uh, illustration course at, at the university as a course leader, and you know I definitely believe that comics. Are uh, kind of more related to film and illustrations to fine art and st- or photography to kind of s- uh, more more static forms of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get that across sometimes, but um, yeah definitely film and uh, comics are, are blood brothers in many ways.
0: I think so. I think so. Um and if you ever if you ever need a support group, I finished a PhD in 2019, so glad to talk oh, wow. about cool. stories yeah. of things, stories of committees and writing and rewriting and rewriting again. Oh, wow. So glad to so, do what, that.
1: What was the focus of the PhD?
0: It was actually about uh film in the classroom as a text. So oh, wow. yeah, I worked with a, a professor um sturge butzakis and he has done a lot with comics and the mm-hmm. literacy that's related to comics and adult readers of comics um so recommend his his stuff anytime but uh I, I was thinking well sturge has done this work on comics and i love comics but maybe i can talk a little bit about film so it was about that
1: yeah. oh that's great yeah yeah definitely yeah uh, i, I don't look. know that
0: it's worth reading it's out there but uh you know i i don't know that those well, things are written to be read either
1: <laughs> Yeah, somehow, you know, you find your papers all over the place, especially academia, um, the academia site. Um, yeah, once you submit it, it's, it stops being yours. Right, right, yeah. Now, I much some...
0: prefer reading Rebel Rebel. I will say that.
1: Oh right. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll definitely give it a go for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't did you get manage to get a read of uh, Rebel Rebel? Um, yeah,
0: yeah. It's um I read a lot through comiXology, not, not selling their site or anything like that, but yeah. um, I will say you, a lot of your work is instantly available, even Clans on Amazon and uh, yeah. comiXology. So checked out, checked out things there. And I, I love the style that you bring and I'm a Bowie fan. Um, and so, so I enjoyed that aspect of it as well.
1: Yeah, that's great. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if comiXology is still around. I mean, cause I had to change it to Kindle because uh, Amazon had uh, bought out Comixology, I think a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure everyone's complaining about cometology as I saw. So, so I've, I've got them both on Comixology and Kindle, but I'm not sure what the relationship between these two apps is at the moment.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, there, there's some overlap that I'm not not quite yeah. sure either. But, yeah. but they are out there to, to read. so I uh, checked them out.
1: That's great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> So what's your uh, kind of experience of Bowie as a fan? Uh, is, have you been a fan kind of like, uh, or what era? That's
0: uh, I, I grew up in the 80s, so I probably knew him as a movie actor first through Labyrinth. And I thought, well, who is this person? Um, and then I remember being at sort of this little flea market that was in the the town that I grew up in. And there was uh, an album, like a Greatest Hits album that was there as a CD And I checked that out. And so uh, that's been another one of uh, I've really appreciated his music, but then also the few times that he would show up in film uh, really stand out. So I loved his performance in Labyrinth, Uh, loved his performance in The Prestige uh, as Tesla. Yeah, so um, there were definitely those connects and and even his uh, couple of moments in Ben Stiller's Zoolander. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know uh, so I always appreciated him in, in that way uh, as someone that was pretty versatile and um, really yeah. a, a pop culture icon and, and somebody that brought an interesting take
1: yeah definitely I think that's yeah that's exactly what um, probably interests me in, in Bobby more than anything his ability to to um, be really good at uh, you know um, a variety of mediums, yeah. um, creative in, in these mediums um, and in a, in a very kind of really excellent way. So yeah, I, I'm also, because you talked about the guitar, I'm also a musician and I've worked in kind of concept art bands, which I I've written myself. Yeah. So I've written concept albums and performed them live, very much influenced by David Bowie and Kiss, which is a band, a very comic book band in many ways. Um, yes, sure. connections, yeah. from, at least. Um. Yeah. Uh. Um. So yeah. Um. I I understand that that frustration. a lot of multi um disciplinary artists have. You know, to you know, vent their kind of frustration or their creativity through the, um through a variety of mediums. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And kind of trying to decide which one's going to be the one. The one. You know. And Bowie went through a lot of these phases too, you know, because I'm at a point now in 1967 where he's dropped music, and he's decided to become a mime. Um, <laughs> so um, it's not, you know, the general public might perceive Bowie as being, you know, mostly uh, a singer rather than kind of a multidisciplinary um, artist, which who did a bit of acting, a bit of singing, but mostly considering him room, a singer or an or a singer um, songwriter. Um, but yeah he was kind of torn in terms of what to do um, to, with, you know, uh, creatively,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's part of the the creative genius is you want to do so much and you want to explore so many venues mm-hmm. and audiences. Uh, I think audiences to some degree, but definitely the industries um, want to sort of cast you and say, Oh, you're this thing now. And um, you know, yeah. to be someone who's creative, Creates that tension of, well, am I just this thing that happens to be produced, a product, or am I somebody that can explore and and be okay with that if people don't quite understand what I'm doing?
1: That's right, yeah, and I mean, in many ways, uh, that's the t- the type of um, uh, stereotyping that uh, they um, they face, um, or the or the public might. Um, um, might be uh, uh prone to is the okay. type of stereotyping that I'm also faced as a graphic biographer, in the in the All sense right. that um a lot of people are expecting me to produce a you know uh a kind of easily digestible um digest form um you know uh life of an artist, you know, within 80 pages, 150 pages, mm-hmm. like a biography. A biopic is kind of a classic example of that um or a biopic um so yeah stereotyping is something that you know is um you know we're constantly as artists facing you know yeah. and um uh, so one yeah one thing that i suppose i don't know why the other conversation went there but and one so of the it's issues quite all right it's quite all right <laughs> it works so one of the issues yeah that a graphic biographer might face is whether they're um they're, uh, serving a, an, an audience, you know, a ready a ready-made audience mm-hmm. fan or whether they're artistically expressing themselves through, um, through creating, you know, what is really, um, a, a narrative about someone else's real life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tightrope that I'm constantly having to, you know, um, balance on
0: yeah yeah but i also i love the range of uh, you know the fact that you've done kirby you've done superhero oriented comics and you've done some sort of musically related exploration so i love that range yeah. as well
1: yeah i mean in terms of the kirby book my biggest uh my best-selling book in greece before i left for the uk in 2011 was a book called giant Size fascists which was a um a, a superhero parody of um, the extreme right wing um, uh, in the form of superheroes. So really? on the rise of the time in Greece. And, uh, but also there was extreme behaviors from a lot of sides. So I, I parodied that through a Kirby, st- through Kirby stylings. And um, so um, that was my most Kirby-ish moment. And um, it's it's there where I kind of got to kind of understand his genius. It's really hard to replicate. First of all, um, the en- the energy of it—not you know—not just the squiggle lines and you know Kirby dots and all that stuff. Just the, you know the energy of the page and the the, the dynamic kind of angles, um, and just to make it interesting and not just you know sort of, you know uh, nostalgic. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and and so the but the Kirby the Kirby book um, has been drawn in my own kind of. Um, Style or whatever it is now, um, because it was. I was at some point what happened was I was working in, um, in well, I should say swiping, but it was <laughs> my style was so uh, um, influenced by Kirby at some point where um, I had to kind of step back and go, okay, where where am I in this um, output? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think the graphic biography has uh, allowed me, strangely enough, to kind of step back and to uh, rediscover or discover from scratch where um, where my visual style is. Love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah. Even though, you know, the expectations are that a uh, graphic biography will be realistic, represent, you know, a uh, an artist as they truly are, like in a photographic way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that my more... Uh, my own have more kind of cartoonish leanings. in really, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I like that too. It's, uh, you know, it's sort of that, how would David Bowie approach this? How, how does an auteur approach this? Do they um take on what's expected and sort of produce, you know, something that matches everything else that's out there in the market? Or do you take your style, your voice and apply it to what's there? Um, So, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely. Um it's it's I mean it is a hard decision to make and in terms of commerciality um you know something that looks very photo referenced is something that will for the general public seem a bit more authentic or or realistic or it will have a they'll feel that it um it represents um uh, the actual life of the artist more than something that is a bit more exaggerated mm-hmm. so it's again something it's one of those um uh issues that any cartoonist or comics creator has to juggle with especially when they're working in non-fiction you know yeah. um i don't even want to ask someone like uh joe sacco what they're going through when when they're facing issues of kind of representation and right and right you know and it's a war-torn um uh, kind of disaster that they have to cover. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- wh- how much do you exaggerate there in terms of cartooning, and um, how torn are you in terms of um, making things look you know real, um, in terms of you know, naturalism?
0: Yeah, yeah, and how do you get that emotion across in a way that's not so immersive that you're deeply affected by it for a long time?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Thon, uh, Jan or Thon says that um, comics are um, represented representation mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, you know, um, you're not only narrating, but you're also representing the act mm-hmm. of narration. You know, you're involved in this because if someone externally, you know, observes you creating this, you also become a, a part of this uh, work, you know, in many ways, too. So um yeah, it's um especially with non-fiction comics, it's really um it's it's a massive issue um in terms of um how involved you are in the um in the delivery of these facts mm-hmm. you know, or these um or, or what could be perceived as um factual, yeah.
0: Well, um we're coming down to our last couple of minutes right. um hey, oh you're you're good you're good i just want to make sure that we also um fit in anything that you'd like to share about web spaces where people can connect uh places where they can see rebel rebel um, and, and anything else that you want to make sure to uh sort of leave listeners with and then also uh so i don't forget best of best of all in the academic journey and uh completing the the big big paper and all of those things
1: Absolutely. yeah same to you i mean i wish you all the best and we'll definitely be in contact in terms of uh you know maybe bring you over for a talk maybe yeah. remotely but <laughs>
0: love to love um, to I'd be glad to
1: yeah that'd be great um so yeah i i'm I'm a permanent member of staff at TCU University as a commercial uh, as a, lect- a senior lecturer in commercial art and illustration. So I've just taken over the um, as course leader in illustration there. So I'm continuing my role there, supporting uh, the university um, um, and students. Um, in terms of comics output, um, I'm my the work I'm focusing mostly now on is Rebel Rebel. So I've just reached 1968 in David Bowie's life. I'm on I'm on one episode. Three hundred eighty, with some hidden episodes on my Patreon, it's about episode four hundred. So they're four hundred self-contained uh, stories, really. So if you if uh someone can, you can find more information on it on my Instagram, which so if you just look at all is my name, um uh, or at Rebel Rebel Comics, um or if you go to Facebook and write Rebel Rebel Comics or Conqueror, so you'll find um both my page on the comic there and and my own profile. But yeah, if you look up the work there, it will take you to my Patreon, which is where really someone can uh, read all the material. Um, so starting from just a dollar a month, um, someone can read all the previous material and and four episodes each month because it's a weekly comic. But if you pay a bit more, like a for, uh, I think it's seven dollars a month, every three months you get sent a collection. So much like this, so you get sent a uh, an issue which has about thirty-two comics uh, pages in it. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, most of my patrons are uh, the the high-tier ones who get sent the uh, the the books. Um, yeah, so I'm mostly focusing on that. And uh, in terms of appearances, I'll be doing Thought Bubble, which is I don't know if you're aware of Thought Bubble. It's mm-hmm. it. yeah, it's the UK's biggest independent. Um, Comics Creator Festival, um, and that's real close to where my uh, the university is. It's up north in Yorkshire, um, and so I'll be there um, selling my wares, uh, promoting my work. Um, that's in November, um, in the kind of uh, mid-November, I think the 14th, 15th of November. And uh, yeah, otherwise, um, yeah, I'm still you know in the barracks, drawing away, working along, getting that that boys work down and hopefully I'll find um, that lifetime I mean uh, hopefully I'll find you know publishers get to get everything collected too soon um, like I did with Tales of the Smiths so yeah I did this for three years and this was this ended up as 440 pages I'm slowly reaching this milestone already with Rebel Rebel so um, I think the first volume if I ever get it collected from 1947 to 1970 is going to probably be something like uh, 600 pages long Wow. Wow.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Very prolific. Uh and and thank you, Colin, for taking some time to talk with me great, and then glad to be in touch. Glad to connect anytime.
1: Great to be on your show. I love your show. And well, thank uh you. and uh yeah, I love all the guests. Uh, you know, Arlen recently and uh Norman Skyler. Great, great shows.
0: Thank you so much, and, and thanks for being part.
1: It's great. Talk soon, Jason. Sounds great.